Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast do you have the time to listen to me grind take down the film watchers and nerds all at once i am one of those skeptical of status quo lazy and to the bone no doubt about it Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets Sometimes pour cold water on heat When the math's not adding up You said I'm checking out I'm just Welcome to the ground Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. I, I guess there's meant to be more. I, I don't know. I don't have... I have no idea how to introduce a podcast still. Um, but welcome back. Uh, so, i got about a bazillion ideas right now. And normally I feel bereft of ideas. So it's pretty interesting about things I want to do with statistics and things I want to do with rookie profiles and videos I want to make and podcasts I want to make and uh, yeah kind of wore me out a little bit but John Bosch um, at John Bosch FF now on Twitter and my personal lord and savior when it comes to value enforcement um, in fantasy that is uh, recently put out a tweet on Twitter about specific players, just a couple names at each position that he was personally targeting this offseason for trades. And I was like, you know, that's a killer list to make. One, it's actionable, it's useful, and it really puts you on the line because it helps streamline your thought process and what I want to do in my leagues, who I'm looking for. And also it cuts out the chaff of being able to make a positive or a negative case for everyone. What am I going to do? Who am I going to hunt? And so I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So I made a little list and I put it out on uh, Patreon. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of that because it's subject to modification as I learn and think and research. Um, And it's team specific. But uh, I did think I could do a version of that here where I go into uh, each player a little bit. Just do one or two lines of why or what I've been looking at recently which that's put me on that player right now at this point in the off season. And I thought that would be interesting buys and sells in dynasty. What I, where I personally am, you should always have your own opinions and disagree and agree ad nauseum. And constantly, I'm not saying these are the players you should buy. I'm saying these are the names that popped out of my mouth. And when I asked the question as honestly as I could, and again, I ended up with a lot more buys and sells, which is probably uh, making John Bosch roll his eyes somewhere. Um, out there in the world, but uh, I'm going to try and streamline it and at least keep it to one or two players at each position, buyers and sells, um, and a little bit about why, because then I can talk to you about a few of the things I've been researching and looking at lately, and um, at the same time, well, maybe 
hopefully making you think about a player or two that you haven't thought about in a different way yet. Um, not because you should, but just, you know, here's a thought. Maybe it's interesting. That's this podcast. Here's a thought. Maybe it's interesting. You probably just ignore me. That's probably actually the best description of this podcast now, I think, of it. But yeah, let's go. Um, so starting off with the quarterback position, um, I only have two players that really stuck out to me as sells. Now, uh, typically at the quarterback position, I just sell top five quarterbacks. I treat it kind of like running back. Those top five quarterbacks rarely pay off difference-making seasons, uh, which is slightly different than running back. We'll get to that when we get to that position. But a similar rule ensues. Um, They rarely pay off that value, and them trending at that value right now, according to ADP, that is. This is DLS current ADP valuation. Um of top five quarterbacks and um, means that you they really don't get more expensive unless they become Patrick Mahomes and you don't become Patrick Mahomes you're born into it <laughs> so yeah it's not really there but um outside of that two players do stick out and that's one is Justin Herbert now he is a top five QB right now and this is not a I don't like Justin Herbert take like, I think that would be, personally, I would find that silly. He was amazing in his rookie season, and his coaching staff already apparently didn't like him to start with, so we should not pile on. I, I think uh, I'm fully on board with Justin Herbert, but he's a young quarterback, already ranked in the top five. His value really can't go much higher than that, um, based on, you know, bounding value to hype and youth and ranking and ADP. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, we can see much of a rise, and even if we did, um, even in Superflex leagues, like now's a pretty good time to cash out. Um, and so that's why he's the one that stuck out to me just looking over the quarterback ADP. Not because I don't think he's worth that, and don't actively sell him for the sake of selling him, but if you can get phenomenal value for him in Superflex right now, I don't see why not. Um, like, Patrick Mahomes is really the only quarterback... I can think of, honestly, whereas, like, it's probably honestly just not worth trading him, even though the value can't get higher. Um, And I'm just assuming that Justin Herbert, like many, many great quarterbacks outside of Peyton Manning um, and and, uh, Patrick Mahomes, are not going to be that in fantasy. He'll be that for your team. Go, Go Chargers. But, yeah, he's a name that stuck out to me, and that's why... Um, also, the Chargers in general, and specifically Justin Herbert, had a uh, strong dependence on touchdowns last year. Um, as I've mentioned this step before, but a simple way of looking at t- potential touchdown regression is to look at the number of touchdowns a player scored per yard. So how many yards did it take for them to score a touchdown in an individual season? And most players, you know, uh, the average of every player changes on position a little bit, but pretty much between one and 200 yards per touchdown is a consensus average across position. Uh, and if you look at Justin Herbert in, uh, what year was it last year? What year is it this year? Justin Herbert 2020. Um, overall, he was getting about, uh, scanning across quickly, um, 126 touchdowns per yard. That's all yards and all touchdowns, which isn't outside the realm of possibility um, that that's his average, but it seems uh, pretty pretty high. It's not under 100, which is re- where you really start saying that's easily touchdown regression is coming at some point. But it's pretty close to the line for me. I, th- I think 
there's a little touchdown dependency there. And so even if um, he pays off his top five ranking value, there is some potential regression coming there in terms of just the number of touchdowns you can get per yard or per opportunity. Now, that can always be sustained by extra volume. And again, this is not an anti-Justin Herbert take. It's just his value is value's too good. Um, the other player I'm going to mention is a cell uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, not that name that will make everyone too mad. Um, oh, okay, uh, how about this one? Just Jalen Hurts, who actually I like the idea. I like the idea of Jalen Hurts. You've got a sophomore player coming in, having had decent games, if not a whole season. Um, we can talk about completion percentage another time. I think it's slightly exaggerated for Jalen Hurts. And with rushing potential, that's normally a good formula for top five upside, actually. And he's currently ranked as a QB 12. I've just decided basically to put Philadelphia on back on the bad team list until I see any more sign of positivity because they, they, they got themselves onto the potentially good team list for a while there. And since then... They've done nothing but disappoint. And this is in terms of them as an NFL team or us as fans, but in terms of the results for fantasy, it's just been bad. And so I don't really want to invest in the engine of a bad team, and I'm putting them on the bad team list. It's that simple. I do think he can get provide a sustainable floor with his rushing volume. I think there is a lot of potential in his arm and passing ability. I just think right now he's already ranked as a top 12 quarterback. Um, per ADP based on a couple games on a bad team and so yeah I'd probably cash out on that value right now so he's my other sell hate, hate me for it I guess I don't know um, alright so to pick two because uh, I ended up having uh, how many is this five quarterbacks that seemed like pretty interesting value for playing in super flex leagues but trying to stay strict with myself so I don't just mention a million quarterbacks. The two that stand out or that I want to mention the most is Dak Prescott. But really, um, two that might be a little unusual. I don't think I've heard these positive uh, or potential values been mentioned a lot. Um, Baker Mayfield, I find it really interesting that he's only a year older than like um, Justin Herbert. And he's the same age as Deshaun Watson. And he's been in the league it feels like forever right now. And while it's always been disappointing and he hasn't lived up to his full potential, and I'm not a quarterback evaluator, he's currently at an ADP of quarterback 16, going in like the 13th round. And that's just general ADP, not super flex ADP. But that suggests to me a little bit of softness. And there is upside there. I really think um, that as a 25-year-old right now, like I, I still don't think we've seen nearly enough to just write him off as can't even reach the heights of, you know, um, Derek Carr's had good seasons, and, and, and so's Jared Goff. I mean, really, I, I just, I think that's pretty good value with some upside there, and so he's sticking out to me. He actually did underperform his expectation last year. I've been doing this, what I find an interesting formula, of projecting points per game based on DLF ADP. And it's actually a pretty interesting formula in judging how well a player did based on how much we spend on him and whether we got a good value or a bad value. Um, and it's pretty interesting. Um, he actually underperformed that formula, which I thought I'd be going the opposite way, just targeting players with a, that beat their ADP expectation, maybe, maybe a little bit under the radar. But instead, the two players I'm going to mention to you, Baker Mayfield, and the other one is Tua... 
deep breath, Tanga Vailoa, um, actually underperform their expectation based on their ADP. But both in both those instances, I think their ADPs I don't have a lot of my t- on my team, despite being interested in them as rookies. Uh, and I suspect their ADP was pushed up by their potential, as we tend to do with young players before they've had good or bad games, unlike Jalen Hurts. Um, and uh, now the, the the market seems to overcorrect somewhat. We've seen uh, barely 300, maybe less, pass attempts from Tua. And, like, I don't get why we suddenly hate him. Like, the whole draft season was, like, and the whole that whole season was about which team's going to tank for Tua, and now he's quarterback nineteen after not playing really in the NFL at all. I, I get that it didn't look overall positive, but like we have seen nothing. Like I still can't get myself to completely be convinced that Baker Mayfield's a dud. So yeah, I definitely am not sure Tua Tagovailoa is bad, and he's someone with rushing upside that we haven't seen nearly enough in the NFL to judge his passing attempts, but had more positive signs than Jalen Hurts as a passer in college. So he's basically the Jalen Hurt bet, but like, how many rounds difference in this? Four rounds later, and straight up one quarterback ADP, but still four rounds. Yeah, yeah, I take Tua's value there. All right, um. So yeah, the two, the, the, there are two players I'm interested in selling and two players I'm interested in buying at the quarterback position. Now we can stop talking about quarterbacks, and that makes me happy. All right, uh, running back position. Why not? That's uh, the most interesting or important to get right, I guess, um, position to get uh, in the offseason. Um, again, uh, like I said before, I pretty much... My general rule is always be selling running backs. Just always be selling running backs. But eventually you have to acquire some, right? But yeah, the top five running backs in particular, I'm always on board with selling. And right now, the top five running backs in Kondo ADP, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook. Their value cannot get higher. Now, interestingly, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey can't have their value get higher but they have been higher before because they didn't just miss a season and disappoint somewhat according to ADP last year um now on a points per game basis actually Christian McCaffrey beat ADP uh, according to his num- position one ADP overall on average his his draft was one not one point something it was one, and you're meant to get around 26 points per game at the running back position, and he got 30. So he actually beat expectation by four last year based on his current draft capital. So, yeah, when he was on the field, he was he was Mike Davis plus, let's say in that way still. And so both Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are as interesting buys as they are sells, because while their value can't get any higher, it's actually kind of a little lower than it has been because of the disappointment of last season. But yeah, in general, they get roped into that sell top five running backs. But those aren't, so those aren't the two I'm going to mention as my sells. They're just, uh, the top five are interesting right now. The top five landscape at running back feels real iffy right now. Because I think I'd probably rather keep Christian McCaffrey and say, come back to them trade them despite my general rule. Because I don't think we're going to get the value out of them that we should have. Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand, you can get that value right now. And while I think he's going to do it and I want running backs on the come up. Like if you're looking for value, you pretty much can't get more than you'll get right now for Jonathan Taylor, no matter what he does, um, ever. So, 
yeah, that's an interesting sale window. But again, I'm talking about the top five. And, and Dalvin Cook's in there, and he's the type of running back most likely not to repeat. And remember, three out of these five are very light, unlikely to repeat. We said that last year. I said that last year because it was true then. And I was like, I can't possibly see a way none of these guys repeat, just honestly. And I still can't. Those seem like perfectly good top five running backs. I don't have anyone else in the top five. Those are my top five, like it was last year. And yet, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley got injured. And the other five really didn't meet expectation either, apart from, who was it? I think it was Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, um... And maybe Dalvin Cook are the ones that paid off. And repeats just aren't common in the top five at running back. And when running backs don't repeat, they tend to tank out of the next value um, uh, of production, which is why it's slightly different than wide receiver. Even though they repeat at a similar rate, wide receivers tend to have a safer floor if they have proven production. Whereas running backs, when they don't repeat, tend to suck. For fantasy, at least. Um, but I talk way too much about the top five. Who else do I have in here as sells? Um, too easy. Antonio Gibson is actually on my sell list. I actually have him ranked six spots lower in positional ranking than currently he is on ADP. He's ranked as a position running back 12 according to ADP. I'm just not paying top 12 prices for Antonio Gibson. Um, and that's just fully admitting he had a great season last year. But the intermittent usage to me suggests that the usage actually won't develop fully, which is kind of just doubling down on what I suspected was the problem with him as a rookie. But I kind of that's what I saw in his usage. I didn't say, hey, look, they occasionally use him like we thought they probably wouldn't. Instead, I saw that mm, overall they didn't use him like we hoped they might. And so I guess I took that season in a little differently. Again, if you drafted him last year, that was a full-on win. Good job, you. Um, but yeah, for a top 12 running back, literally running back 12, I'd sell for that. Uh, who else is on this list? AJ Dillon. Okay, you just said, yeah, we don't have to have the huge conversation, but he... Not going to go into it too deep, but he is not Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a very good running back. And that's not to say A.J. Dillon isn't a good running back, but he is not Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams wasn't Aaron Jones. Eddie Lacy wasn't Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a different kind of cat in a very good situation with Rodgers returning back to form last year and Devontae Adams balling out. I don't think the best case scenario of A.J. Dillon is even Aaron Jones. I think it's less than that, and I think right now he's being ranked as running back 23, so he's being ranked fairly, but I think based on Aaron Jones not getting re-signed, that's going to change quickly, Um, and so I'm on the sell Aaron Jones. And just as a throwaway name here on the sell list, Damian Harris still has ADP, which I didn't realize. Uh, Yeah, I'd trade him, Uh, but he's like running back, uh, what is he, running back 33 right now, so that's saying almost nothing, but... Someone asked me about him on a podcast as well, and I was like, that's still a name people might spend draft? No, I'm out. Uh, just thought I'd throw that one in. Okay, so two two players I'm interested in buying at running back. An interesting name that I think I mentioned on this podcast before is Nick Chubb. Um, this isn't an anti-cream hunt uh, take. It's just that I think Nick Chubb was incredibly efficient on less than expected volume, yes, pretty much because uh, of Kareem Hunt. He outperformed 
um, the expectation of his ADP in terms of points per game last year, despite having a disappointing year. And so despite being 25 years old and starting to get into that older running back category, he's currently running back 10 according to ADP, which is a little hard price to pay. But I don't think that ADP value really reflects trade value. You're going to have to pay for him, but he's you don't have to pay what you have to do to get like Swift, who's running back six, because he's young and a rookie and everyone loves him. So Nick Chubb seems like a little bit of a value in the top 10, who actually had a good season last year that might be a little underrated. And the other guy on the list that I'm going to mention is going to be, well, it could be Miles Sanders, I guess, but John Bosch had him on his list. So instead, I'm going to say Clyde Ebersler, because I maintain that the floor is immense for Clyde Ebersler. I think it was a little underused last season. And... Honestly, the more I look at Clyde Edwards-Lair, the less I see the ceiling, I hoped. But right now he's running back 16, and that seems like too strong of an overcorrection. For the one running back in that great running back class last year, who was consistently usable literally from the very start of the season. Like, he was having the good rookie season until the very end, and I think that's a little underrated. Again, he outperformed ADP based on uh, the points per game we actually got for him, and they think that's a good season that right now is seen as a disappointing season, and I'm all about that. Um, so yeah, there's there's two running back names, and also Austin Eckler and James Robinson. I'm trying to buy James Robinson so hard, you have no idea. And uh, I cannot get him. Everyone hates him, apart from the fact that they, they love him, apparently. It's very annoying, but anyway. Wide receiver position. Uh, the names that came up for me on the sell list... Uh, Chase Claypool uh, is the first one and the highest ranked ADP player on this list. That's probably going to... That that sounds like it might annoy you, so that's the one I'll use. Um, he's currently going as wide receiver... Let's see here. Uh, wide receiver 22. It seems like a very high pr- fair price for a very good rookie. Young player, dominant, the most Calvin Johnson-like in our Calvin Johnson index in terms of his physicality from the 2020 class. Like, no complaints. I think I just missed on Chase Claypool. But even if I think you think he's going to continue to be a productive player, whereas the team formation right now, I don't think that will sustain. But Chase Claypool was overly touchdown dependent last year. That touchdown regression stat, again, is something I like to look at. And last year he had something like a touchdown for every 79 receiving yards, which is like a touchdown twice as often as he should really have been gaining a touchdown. I don't think that sustains. I don't see a way he's going to be the one to eke out volume away from Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith-Schuster. And if one of them leaves, I don't like the fallacy of, oh, therefore there are more targets. I think those two other players are helping create the number of targets that there were. And so I think them all not being there is actually a potentially negative thing for a guy who is relying heavily on touchdowns. Um, more than volume. He needs the team to be moving down the field fairly regularly for touchdown opportunities. Um, so that's me justifying holding steady to a rookie take, I guess. But yeah, Chase Claypool's on there, uh, on, on my sell list. Um, and LaVisca Chenault. Similar reasons. I didn't like him as a rookie. I think he was a little lucky in his rookie season. He's currently ranked as wide receiver 33 based on ADP, which again is a very fair rank, but that's the thing. I'm saying if I can get good value, these good values for them, 
I would trade them at that. And what that means is I want more than a first-round pick for Chase Claypool, and I want a late first for LaVisca Chenault. That's, that's what those values mean to me. Uh, buys, I've talked about buys constantly here. Now, just, just again, two throwaway names. These aren't my names. I get to have more names because it's my podcast. I don't just have to say two. It's my podcast, damn it. But Michael Thomas right now is being drafted at wide receiver 11. And if I have to say more words than that to explain why he's a buy, then... I, I don't have any. Um, but also Terry McClellan. I'm actually higher than him in terms of consensus ranks and eight spots higher than him in the positional rankings according to ADP. Um, he's currently ranked as wide receiver 20, uh, wide receiver 14, and I have him in the top 12. I was thoroughly impressed last year. I'm coming out of being out on Terry McClellan. Just, I'll pay the price now. and I don't, I'm sorry. Uh, Terry McClellan had a fantastic year last year. But my actual two buys right now, um, Juju Smith-Schuster has been drafted as wide receiver 20, kind of the reverse Claypool take. They're actually back-to-back in ADP. Juju Smith-Schuster is wide receiver 20. Claypool is 22. I will take Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd buy Juju Smith-Schuster for that, and I'd sell Chase Claypool for the same price. Again, more than a first-round pick. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is the first buy I'm going to mention to you. Uh, Otto Beckham's a good one, but John Bosch had him on that list, and that feels like cheating. Um, there's so many buys on this one. I've got to trim this down. Let's 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 stick in high-value wide receivers, shall we? Um, one more name, Pete. You can't mention all three. Four, five, six, seven. Um, all right. Um... Like choosing between my favorite things. Long silence where he stares longingly at different names. Um, okay, the name I'm going to mention, because I think it's a bit of an interesting take. Um, Debo Samuel, I think we're really underrating his usage, again, as a rookie. Um, and last year in the few games that he played, I wish I'd pulled up games, but I didn't, so I can't tell you how much he played, but he did have 10 expected points per game and 11 points per game last year, which beat ADP, again, it's another one of those expected value calculations that's coming up, it's actually right on about the line, he basically paid off on a per game level about what we should expect based on his ADP last year, or his current ADP. Um, this is last year production paid off and points per game is a fairly sticky stat so I think his floor is pretty safe and I think we don't understand the usage tree in San Francisco as much as everyone wants to sell us on it and so I'm taking a little bit of Debo Samuel variance that he might get a lot more volume than we're expecting right now and actually outperform this ADP considerably more than uh, his last year points per game did all right, that's that. That's it, Pete. You don't get any more. Jell America. So at the tight end position, real quick, like again, I just sell all tight ends. Always be selling tight ends as well, I guess. And um, but my formula for buying them is actually broken down a little bit. I, there is no Mike Gesicki who is a top twelve tight end and isn't being a top twelve valued as a top twelve tight end as a sophomore this year. Um, and so instead, I just default to proven players that might be getting a little underrated for the potential um, of younger players. So Mark Andrews, who's also on John Bosch's list now, I think about it, he outperformed his ADP 
Um, last his current ADP in last year points per game to the tune of four points. I know he didn't play a lot, but everything says that Mark Andrews is still a good player. Apparently in Baltimore, limited uh, receiving tree over there, and I think Mark Andrews is the center of it. I think that's a secret behind Marcus Brown disappointing somewhat me at least, who thought there was a larger ceiling there, like. Kansas City, the receiving tree flows through the tight end in Baltimore right now, um, as it has done in the past, actually, and I think that's Mark Andrews, um, and right now he's going as tight end five, but it feels like a weak tight end five, um, because everyone wants the younger players, and ranked right below him at tight end 10 is Irv Smith, who is definitely my sell. I, I, apparently that's the only sell I have at the tight end position, just sell Irv Smith. I don't I still don't get it. Um, I don't. I didn't want Jason Witten the first time round, and Earth Smith hasn't proved he can be Jason Witten yet. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's my Earth Smith take. I just. I don't think Kyle Rudolph not being there is going to make Earth Smith the next Kyle Rudolph. And why would I pay a top ten positional pick? for the next Kyle Rudolph? Just no, thank you. Um, outside of that, Evan Ingram is a proven producer. Again, I know, I get, I, I heard the groan, but he's been drafted in the 10th round right now. Um, I don't really have to reach very hard to get a, the most overproducing rookie tight end that we have seen since 2014, at least, um, is basically free right now, that value. So what do those values mean? Uh, I'm not paying first round picks for tight ends. I might consider it for Mark Andrews. Maybe, possibly, definitely not, because he's a tight end. But that's about where this value line is for the players being ranked in the top 12. It's probably a first-round pick. A late first-round pick, maybe. If I'm in draft and I don't want no one, maybe. Um, but instead, actually, my other buys at the tight end position is always be buying the tight ends from last year. Like, kind of, that's my overall mantra. Buy the young players that we liked from last year. So at the tight end position, that idea fits in fairly neatly here. Harrison Bryant and Albert O um, both had pretty decent seasons in crowded and tough situations. Um, still like Austin Hooper, still like Noah Fant, but both Harrison Bryant and Albert O had good rookie seasons, and right now they're valued at pretty much nothing. You can get them for... I have no idea what tight end 30 and tight end 35 sells for in Dynasty ADP, but I'm guessing it's not more than a second, and I'm hoping it's less than a second, and that's just crazy. To be honest with you, I'd rather buy those tight ends and pay up for the rookie tight ends, which are going to be going at the end of the first and in the second round this year. Like, no thank you. I'll take the ones that have already had their rookie season. So yeah, they're on my buy list as well. All right, wow, this is a lot longer than I thought it would be. I thought this would be a real quick list, and I'll be apologizing for it being a short podcast. Hopefully some of those names are interesting to you. Uh, let me know who your buys are, or your sells are, or who I'm incredibly wrong on, or who I'm incredibly right on, or who you want to hear more about, and all of that stuff. I really appreciate you listening. Thanks very much for doing that. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Uh, well, I will talk to you next week, obviously. This isn't YouTube. It's a talking platform. Damn it, Pete. Get it together. Anyway, I'm going now. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Gross.
Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye, eye like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical